1: This is Red Piltamales, and we have freedom of speech thanks to our patrons. Y'all know how big tech be trying to shut people down. It's one week you can't say certain things, you can't ask certain questions. If you wanna join, hit us up, patreon.com, slash red pill tamales now is the time to speak up and keep an open mind because we're seeing so many things we're seeing men allowed in the women's locker rooms we're seeing like boy biological boys competing against women you got this polarizing politicized mask debate where track students have to run with a mask uh, schools being shut down churches they want to sh- shut down churches taxes going up gas price going up what is what what the hell is happening we need lions like you members of the tia the tamal intelligence agency and we need to grow the movement rob tell them what good content we got coming every wednesday
0: there's a public episode of rpt you get an exclusive one on fridays you get chingo chats on mondays and in the future we're working on programming for also tuesdays and thursdays so you have all week
1: tia exclusives if you join the patreon and be warned people will call you kooky crazy sellout conspiracy theorists but all we want is objectivity and we're just trying to get to the truth y'all we're trying to figure out what is what so that we can conduct our our lives and our businesses and we can get back to normal and raise our families por favor believe it it is an honorable thing to be a member of the tia SASS. all right so check it out yo if you're like us and you want to get more books read but can't always find the damn time to sit your ass down and read an actual book then try audible we partner with audible to give you members of the tia the tia and all our podcast listeners a free book is yours to keep forever and a 30-day trial of their audible premium plus package no contract you can cancel anytime and they'll give you a reminder when your trial is about to end here's all you got to do a couple steps click the link in the show notes below or just go to audibletrial.com forward slash red pill tamales so click on audible premium plus put your info browse what book you want and get your free book uh, let us know what you got why'd you why you get that book and what you think about it we'll talk about it on the show Sass. right now i want you to get ready for the masa messiah the Tamale King Pin. You know where I'm going with All this? Right. El Rey del Four Play. I'm, al- hey, I'm already not comfortable. The Versace Mariachi. What? All the way from Houston, Texas. Chingo Bling. Hey, man. Look, I'm excited about the future of podcasting. Um, I know we've talked about. Wanted to come up with more shows, more content to the schedule. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned uh, um, Hotep Jesus, how he has like, I got his number, so I want to really ask him like, so y- were you always trying to broadcast every day, or was it the pandemic, or is it just all the pros and benefits of streaming and podcasting? I'm really curious because. You know, touring is cool and all these other things we have going on. And I have some other business ideas I want to pick your brain about off air. But um yeah, we're looking forward to to really growing the Patreon, growing the podcast. When we performed in Corpus Christi, man, I I, I kept thinking to myself, I wish Rob was here. I wish yeah. I wish Rob could hear what this person just told me. I wish Rob could see, uh I wish Rob had heard the RPT and where else. <laughs> Because yeah. it used to be like, where's the tamales? Or like, where's Cleto? Or. That's true. It used to be like, uh, "Sas," or. Doo, 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 or where's Canelo? Hey, Tio Juve. I was there for those shows. Or they'd be like, neighborhood Sancho. Now they're like, America first. <laughs> Love God in your country and your family. I just got married. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, when I did the announcement about. Fellas, if you got a good woman and you know she's wife material, stop pussyfooting. Yeah. It's fiddle farting. Yeah. And get it done. I was like, it might be the best decision of your life. What our community needs is strong families, strong couples that's gonna raise these kids right. And um afterwards it was this young couple, and she's like, Hey, um, thank you for giving him the push to propose. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, did he just propose right now? She's like, No, not yet. And he's just sitting there all shy. Afterwards, I thought to myself, Damn, I might have put some people on the spot. Like, there's probably somebody that's just on a date. Like, man, it's just my fuck buddy. Yeah. Like, man, I ain't trying to marry this chick. Uh, 100%. And I'm up there, like, man, shout out to the couples. And, you know, if you were the woman, man, stop playing around, man. Lock it down, man. We need families. We need strong couples. The couples are under attack. You know, they're Dude, trying to divide us. That's so fucking funny. And, and I found a way to weave it in to the jokes, though, because I was like, when fear kicks in, I talked about the freeze we had. I do a whole little joke. It's quick because it's new. There's not a whole lot there. But um, but I talk about how when there's a crisis, when you're the man of the house, you know, what, what's your role? Uh, protect the family. I have nothing but girls, nothing but daughters. I'm, I can't be the one that's like, babe, you shoot them. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I got to be in the front with the gun. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's like it's interesting, man, all this family stuff do you
0: do you think that now like getting back to it, you've gotten better at writing from the stage because you do you still write a lot like by hand or do you do a lot of the the stuff on stage and then take it
1: back and start kind of honing in on it? I think I think the way I do it for the most part is I have my receptors open, I have my antenna on, and I'm living life. I'm making sure that I have experiences. You know, we got a baby on the way, she wants to give birth at the house again. Last time we did that, I had a whole 10-minute bit about it. Um, So I definitely use life experience, and a lot of it's personal. I'm not like, you know, it's hard for me to be like, so, like, just something out of the world. Hey, that's ironic. It's more like this is what happened. We were at a Starbucks. Deaf guy walks in. You know what I'm saying? He's asking for money. Um, so, So number one, I keep my antennas open to what's going on in life with real life experience. And I I know what's funny. Like, I know, like, oh, dude, that's fucking fun. Dude, write that shit down. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes my comedian friends will just tell me a story that's not even a joke to them. And I'll be like, why is that not a bit? Uh. Or sometimes I'll be telling a story, and they'll tell me the same thing. Like, bro, why haven't you talked about this? Like, everything from collecting unemployment, like, all this stuff. So then what I'd like to do is once I kind of have the main structure of the joke, like, okay, I, n- I have a feeling this is going to work. And when I go up there and tell it, I know that this is a big punchline. This might be a cool act out. This might be a tag. And this is how I can resolve it. There's like that little resolution when mm-hmm. you're done with the story and it's complete. And in the beginning, just like anybody that has a good story that they can tell at a, at a dinner party or like Rob, tell them the time when this right. and that. And you kind of know how to quickly set it up, how to get into it, what are the funny parts, how to keep people's curiosity going from the jump. So then when I'm telling it on stage and working it out and polishing it and editing it, that's when I get to really write on stage. Mm-hmm. Like Javi complimented me. He's, to my knowledge, let me keep it real, Chuck. a lot of the material that I've been doing, that I just did in Corpus, to me... Some of it's kind of old to me. However, I haven't been a lot of places. A lot of people haven't heard this joke, these these stories and these jokes. You know, we've been on lockdown for a year. So it's still kind of new. And then to me, I thought, man, these are all old to Javi. But Javi was like, dude, you've been writing. What the hell was all that new shit? There's some tags in there I hadn't heard. And dude, you were some of these shows, Rob because we did four in corpus um some javi danielle and my wife were like it's like it's like i was it's like it's like jordan game six with the flu <laughs> it's like i'm walking to the bench with my looking for my gatorade and they're just kind of like yeah you got the juice now son yeah you got the juice you got the juice son they were like who lopez who hey. And basically that's how they were. i like it um that's got to be refreshing, it's a good yeah. boost of confidence. It definitely did. And for example, Javi would say, "Dude, you were you put on a motherfucking show tonight." He was like, "You were definitely in your bag, you were loose, you were having fun." He's like, um what did he say? Um he just said, he was just like, you were popping them. Because I was bringing in, you know how Canelo's learning English? And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, fuck you, motherfucker. You know, hey, get the fuck out of here. Like, I found a way to weave that in. Nice. I had callbacks. Um, we do some music musical type shit at the end. And uh, I am very grateful that people, I could tell, people were ready to live life. They were relaxed. They were loose. Nobody really had a mask on. Everybody was chill. It was literally... Felt like back to normal.
0: Felt like 2019?
1: Basically, yeah. Uh, Are you a fan of
0: uh, Greg Fitzsimmons? I know the name. I'm not too familiar. Okay, Rogan posted a clip of him. I guess he's, you know, hitting the road again. I love Fitzsimmons. I love his podcast. He's a great guest. Uh, I just want to play it because it was a a fun bit. He's probably a throwaway because, you know, when it's COVID-related, I feel like a lot of comedians are probably just like, everyone's got a COVID something, right? Yeah. So I'm going to play it real quick.
2: Just hear me out on this. What if you got the COVID real bad and the doctor just went, death sentence, sorry, go home, lock the door, don't let anyone in, we're sorry, goodbye. And now you're alone in the house and you're sick and you're coughing and all you're thinking, what anybody would be thinking is, I just wanna get laid one more time. Isn't that what you want? Just once more. So you fuck the dog. Now hold on, hold on,
1: not hard, not hard. Not hard. (laughs) <laughs> Gently.
2: And then you get into bed that night to go to sleep. And the dog usually jumps up on the bed with you. This night, he kind of hangs back. He's like, you are a little weird lady. I'm, I'm going to sleep down on the floor tonight. That's all you. But then, you wake up the next morning, and you realize all your symptoms are gone. You're 100% again. And you realize you've discovered the cure for COVID-19. <laughs> at a moral crossroads, are you? Now you got a big decision to make. Do I stay quiet with my shameful little secret and watch millions die? Or do you do the right thing? Hold a press conference. <laughs> um, funny story. Um, <laughs> and then once you tell people that, Good luck getting a dog. Those, uh, there will be a run on pet shops. The pound will be empty. Big dogs will go first. Pit
1: Bulls, Rockweilers. Because who wants to fucking shit
2: suit? That feels wrong. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> shit <is> suit. <laughs> what
1: if? Yeah. Fucking. Man, you know who has some good COVID jokes, bro? Uh, Bryson Brown. Oh, yeah? I think Bryson's funny guy that boy got some funny his whole little he he dropped a whole um like a comedy ep with like all his covid material or his lockdown stuff oh it's on spotify isn't it i believe so yeah yeah i believe so so i want to get i i got um the photo that i think i might want to use for my um if i end up releasing this old material we shall see dope the uh the hbo people they're doing a, a comedy festival. Yeah, what's up with that? Any update? It's called the... I think it's called the Ha Comedy Festival. And then I think they the subtitle is like Latinx something. Latinx right. something. That's the part I'm not really crazy about. Um, But this is what... All subject, off subject. We've been talking about all this... Um, Oh, let me tell you about this, man. <laughs> it, it's all related. Okay. Sorry. I know it feels... No, like no, no. <sharp> no okay. okay, Tony Hinchcliffe. Mm-hmm. He was scheduled to be performing at the Mesquite Street Comedy Club in Corpus. So as I was on the menu website, checking out what I was gonna order, I noticed they had like a little flyer banner at the top, and it's like, Tony Hinchcliffe with the dates. And as I'm ordering my food, I told the owner, I was like, hey man, you got Tony Hinchcliffe coming? He's like, man, he was supposed to be, but when he was on stage doing that, that whole little bit, he's like, hours later, I get the email from WME, William Morris, and they're like, all Tony's shows are canceled. Uh, it's not happening. All Tony's shows, his tour's canceled, right? So what does the owner do? Okay, all of Tony's shows are canceled. All right, let me call Steve Trevino and get a replacement because Steve's going to sell it out every time in Corpus, right? That's what you would do, right? So then Tony reaches out. To uh, the owner of Mesquite, it's like, hey man, uh, I got dropped by my agency, but you could deal with me. I'm still down. Still would love to do it if you'll have me. And he's like, dude, uh, I got the email from William Morris. They said your shit's canceled. I had to get a plan B going. So I'm sorry. I had to give your date away. Right. So that's another reason why I fuck with these agents and these agencies. Mm. That is some whole ass shit. What William Morris could have easily done, they could have said... We're no longer representing Tony yeah, Henscliffe. We're not working with him. We're distancing ourselves. We've severed ties. Um, basically, <sighs> like, y'all could still work it out. Holler at him direct. We don't know who his new rep is going to be. That's some hoe-ass they shit. Exactly, bro. They could at least hit Tony up and say, hey, man, we're not working with you no more, big dog, so you need to figure out what you're going to do about these things. Instead, they just cleaned him off the table canceled everything sent out an email before the fucking microphone could even get unplugged you know what i mean like he was probably still out having dinner after the show yeah by the time this fucking email got sent out and i don't know i guess that, i mean I, I know you're not supposed to use slurs right and n- no context in the world isn't ever enough for these people um you know boom you use a slur even if it doesn't matter the context all right, I guess you're a racist and we don't wanna work with you. Imagine being that petty that
0: instead of hitting up the artists that you just drop and saying, hey, we're no longer representing you, have fun or good luck reaching out to all the clubs that we've already booked, that you already got dates for and telling them you know, to whatever because they're working with you directly now. Instead, they did double the work by going and calling all the clubs that already had booked on tour and telling them to cancel the shows. They that's just some said, petty shit. Yeah,
1: they just said all Tony's shows are canceled. All his dates are canceled. That's what they did. That's what they did. That's some, you know, that's some hoe-ass shit. It's like they're going out of their way to fuck him over. Um, I was never a fan of the Hollywood system, the Hollywood machine. I know I woke up feeling feeling a certain way like man maybe i should have just not went at latino hollywood like who cares if they promoted you know joseph breezy and now they quiet that there's kids in cages and they build a wall and they deporting people uh and they creating a whole situation um but yeah no fuck them uh that whole that whole hollywood system man like they don't care about the art they don't care about freedom of expression they're not really caring about the artist's uh, apparently they don't really care about the venue. They just want to cover their own ass and their shareholders and their chairman of the board and their fucking big bureaucratic fucking system. I don't know how those agents survived in 2020. They probably had to go get a other job or something because none of their artists are working. How are they going to collect their 20%, 15%, 10%? So it's unfortunate uh, hopefully, uh, Mesquite Street Comedy Club and and Hinchcliffe they uh, they get in contact and figure out another date or something.
0: And I'm sure they will because you made a good point. I didn't even think about it. That also fucks over the clubs.
1: Yeah, it just throws everything. It's just like petty. It's unnecessary. I mean, they could have even used different language. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have to say, "Oh, his shit's canceled." It's like, hey, we caught wind of some things that we're not comfortable with, and. For many reasons we're gonna we rather not deal with him and y'all need to figure it out or something i mean if i was an agent and i was working with somebody and i had to make the tough decision of, of like cutting them off yeah i'd be like uh hey guys you know obviously you know we we can't be involved in this right now you got too much heat on you you know we're gonna catch too much slack if we back you up because we're fucking lame and soft uh and we obviously don't respect the art form of comedy and you're not factoring in any context you're not taking his side in any way it's like why do we hire agents the agent is supposed to be on your team and he's supposed to have your back they could have said although we don't agree with using racial slurs mm-hmm. we do agree in our our artists and, and like tony is is a shock comic he's gonna say unpopular things he's regretful We don't encourage using racial slurs. However, we back his freedom of speech. We think that if you factor in the context, um, that may soften the blow. He's since apologized. Something. Be somewhat fucking diplomatic about the shit. And it just further proves, bro. Like, I think Javi told me he's like he's like, bro. You have that point of view because you come you're coming into the comedy game. With experience from the rap music world and the show business to where you knew it's about the fans Mm -hmm. it's about being vertically integrated and being direct to the consumer and not letting trust me dog when I was first starting off I didn't know what an agent was I did not know what agency really was and CAA hit us up and I was like new new I was so fresh and they wanted to sign me up in hindsight it's like man what would have happened What could they have brought to the table? I probably would have been way out there more. Maybe they would have had me like a guest on some show on Comedy Central or maybe a little bit more exposure on MTV. or I don't know what. That's could have, would have, should have. But it just further proves that the machine don't care about you, man. And that's why my wife manages me because she's going to care about me more than the industry.